Yeah, I mean, it was a thing I thought, I've come a bloody long way to get here. <laughs> and I'm not going to finish. I'm going to finish this race and I'm going to try and get on the podium. Right. Yeah, I'm going to win this. So uh, Amazing. Yeah. that was in my mind. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, the adrenaline's going, isn't yeah. it? everything's going around you. So you, the guy who's knocking me off the bike, he says to me, are you okay? And I just said, yeah. I didn't even speak to him. I, mm. I wasn't interested. I just said, yeah. I got back on the bike and then I realized that I couldn't use my right arm. Yeah. So the, the handlebars had come in, the brakes were in. And so it was really difficult to change gear as well as brake. Um, but you, you just do it, you get on with it and yeah. do it. And I am Baiki Winky and this is the Working Athlete Podcast. Here I talk to working athletes from all walks of life and experts from various sports to provide you with inspiration, training tips, time management and lifestyle advice. If this is something that interests you, please make sure you subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss any future episodes. Today's guest, Russell Bell, is an inspiration for a lot of us. An English Formula 3 racer who retired and has been living in Goa for more than 20 years, he first got into cycling to stay fit for his car racing. Well into his 70s, he shows no signs of slowing down and has recently won his category at Spinney's 92 Dubai Cycling Challenge at 39.4 km per hour for a 93 km road race. I was there in Dubai taking part in the same race and I was fortunate enough to sit with him for a chat after the race. His mantra, this is not a practice round, so make it count. Now let us get into my conversation with Russell. Hello Russell, how are you doing today? Well, I woke up this morning, so that's a good sign. <laughs> but I think uh, you did uh, a little more than just waking up. Uh, you just won a race today. Um, yes. Here we are sitting uh, right after the race uh, in Dubai, where you won your uh, category. Yep. Quite convincingly, I might add. But um, before we talk about that, you have a bit of history with this race. I certainly Let do, yeah. Let's start there. Yeah. yeah. Well, so it was unfinished business today. Hmm. I had to come back and win. Because obviously the last time I raced was in 2017. And unfortunately, after 10 kilometers, I was hit from behind and went down and finished up with a broken collarbone. So I had to ride the rest of the 70 kilometers with one arm and a broken collarbone. Couldn't drink. Couldn't even handle the bike properly. And finished third. You were basically riding with one hand. Yeah. You cannot take the bottle out of the case because you... That's right. Whatever good arm yeah. you have you were using to basically steer the bike yes, yes. and you can't you you couldn't use the other by uh, other hand to you know lift yeah. a bottle yeah so you finished still yeah with a broken collarbone yeah and you finished the race at 35 36 kmph and yes you finished yeah. third in your category yeah. still yeah I, I don't I don't have words to <laughs> yeah it was strange because I was looking for guys with the same color number yeah 
and then this one guy came past me and I latched onto his wheel. Right. So when we got to within about 15 kilometres, I thought, I'll stay on this guy's wheel and then I'll, I'll out-sprint him mm -hmm. over the line. So I tried to get out of the saddle and the, the pain was horrendous. Yeah. I so I got back in the saddle and then I, we went on and we got to something like around about six kilometres from the end. And I tried again to get out of the saddle. And this time it was pretty much the same. But I thought to myself, well, you've only got to get out of the saddle for 10 seconds. You can put up with 10 seconds. So when we came into the stadium, because it was a different setup. Yeah. It was finishing and starting in the, in the F1 circuit. And we came into the, into the circuit and this guy was in front of me. And I just, <laughs> I just got out of the saddle and I sprinted past him on the line, you know, to beat him, thinking I'm going to finish second. Um, but the problem was I couldn't hold on to the bars mm. to, to uncleat mm. because I was struggling to, yeah. to uncleat because uh, I thought I'm going to crash again here. Yeah. And I came past and fortunately there was a couple of guys there. They got hold of me. Yeah, because I was blooded. I had all blood on my face and my legs and my arms, um, and that was it, you know. And I, I, I could tell straight away because I, I felt it, you know. And then the, uh, I think it was the uh, the medics came and mm. they had a look at me. They put some ice on it, and I thought, well, this is, it's not going to do any good. This yeah. ice isn't going to do. I know what I've done. Right. You know, sometimes when you go down and you get a little bit of a, a bang on the shoulder, you know. But in this case, mm. I knew it was a lot more serious than that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, a little bit annoyed, and um, and that was it. So today, came back with one intention. Before, before we get into today's, let me just add to, you know, people who don't understand, uh, you know, what the collarbone fracture can do to you. I recently had one and uh, in a race, I crashed and broke the collarbone. Yeah. I couldn't uh, move an inch from there uh, because it was super painful, right? Yeah. And here he is, you know, after crashing at, up, you know, at yeah. 10 kilometers. Yeah. You went on to ride another 80. Yeah. With that is i you are a legend man. yeah i mean it was a thing i thought i've come a bloody long way to get here <laughs> and i'm not going to finish i'm going to finish this race and i'm going to try and get on the podium right yeah, i'm going to win this so amazing uh, yeah that was in my mind yeah yeah and i think you know the adrenaline's going isn't it yeah. everything's going around you yeah. so you the guy who knocked me off the bike he says to me are you okay and i just said yeah i didn't even speak to him i, mm. I wasn't interested i just said yeah I got back on the bike and then I realized that I couldn't use my right arm. Yeah. So the the handlebars had come in, the brakes were in, and so it was really difficult to change gear as well as brake. Right. right. Um, but you, you just do it, you get on with it and yeah. do it. And that's what happened. Absolutely. Um, awesome. I don't remember a lot about it, yeah. to be quiet. I really do not. Mm. Um, the frightening part of it was that after that, when I looked at the, the Garmin, Mm. My fastest speed was 60 kilometers an hour. <laughs> and I had no arms, basically. I'm riding with no arms. And there was crashes everywhere. Right. Uh, that particular race was dangerous. Mm. The, we came across maybe seven or eight 
crashes. But fortunately, I was on the left-hand side, mm. and the crashes were taking place on the on the on the other side. Yeah. If they'd have been on my line, mm. I don't think I could have um, avoided Maybe. them. I wouldn't have been able to yeah, avoid yeah. them because so lucky. I was lucky. Right. Yeah, in that respect. Right. But coming to today's race. Yeah, today's race. Yeah. Yeah. So you you had one objective because it was oh, unfinished yeah. business. Unfinished business. Second wasn't an option. Right. Never ever. You Nothing were... was an option. Only winning. Yeah. Came to win. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how 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 did it go today? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, completely different course. Mm. I thought it was um, better. Yeah. More turns. More roundabouts. Whereas before it was reasonably straight. Mm. Today I found it, yes, yeah, quite windy, wasn't it? It was start, yeah, it started to get a little bit windy and into those into those headwinds. Um, yeah, it wasn't easy. Mm. I think I averaged in the region of about thirty nine point five six somewhere yeah. in that yeah. region. Um, yeah, fine. I didn't have any issues with anybody. Absolutely. Kept out of the way. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a good race. Uh, awesome, awesome. Congrats again. And congrats to you as well. <laughs> Thank on you. On your first race in, in Dubai. Yes. The surface, that what these guys won't understand is that the surface here is just like riding on on a, a marble floor. Right. It's it's beautiful, yes. isn't it? It's, it's, so it's, it's, well, it's wide quality. And, and four-lane highways. Yeah. So, um, yeah, everything about it, the roads are closed, you're on good roads, people are shouting, they're Great saying things, yeah. and, uh, you know, you, if you're coming across a speed bump, people are telling you, and one thing or the other, you're not just left on your own, to your own devices. Yeah. Yeah. Very excellent. well organized. Uh, We're very well organized, and when you consider hmm. we've got like 2,000 people riding yeah. today. Um there was a crash, wasn't there? There was a couple of crashes in our in our group. Yeah, but nothing serious, thankfully. No. Yeah, and we got out of it. And we got away yeah. from it. Yeah, yeah. It's always crashes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, this is a dangerous sport. You know, it's a very dangerous sport. It's not a game. Yeah. A game's playing football or you're playing table tennis. You know, that's a game. <laughs> this isn't a game. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> this true. is serious. True. Road cycling is serious. True. True. Um, all right, so converse again. Let us let me uh, go back and uh, jog your memory a little bit and uh, talk about how you know how, uh, what was your relationship with sport. Uh, you know, growing up. Yeah, I think like a lot of kids, I always had a bike mm -hmm. um, from from the very early age. I remember my father running at the back of me. Uh, holding the saddle, I must have only been about seven, and then I remember him saying to me, "Right, you're on your own, you're on your own." So I set off, and there was a lamp right on the other side of the road, and I I went straight into the lamp, and that was my first experience, <laughs> you know, of uh, yeah. of cycling, yeah. and then I kept cycling, yes, and then I started to take it up more seriously for fitness because all the guys that I was with at that time they all started to ride bikes and I thought yeah this is interesting this and started to ride bikes and to get fit because the sport that I was in at the time fitness again was very important 
Yeah, the sport that you were in at that time yeah. also involved racing. Racing, yeah. Right? Yeah. You were Formula 3. Formula racing. 3, yeah. yeah. So, let, let's you know talk a little bit about that experience. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, that... Uh, that uh, racing spirit is yeah. still live and kicking in you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny because when you said to me, you know, today, yeah. when I finished racing, it was so difficult. Yeah. It was it was like it was a drug. Yeah. And I I was struggling. I wanted to get back in the car and get back in the car. And for two years, I really struggled with myself. I never watched any Formula One on on the television. I couldn't watch it. Mm -hmm. I, I I never went to a circuit. I couldn't go. I, you know, I just kept away to try to get it away from my mind, but it's so. No, before you know, before giving up, you did race for uh, quite a few years. How how many years did you race? About eight years, eight to nine, eight. That around eight of, years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was I, I would have raced longer, but it's a very expensive sport, hmm. and how that did, was in the eighties. It was expensive. How did you get into that though? Str um, I was always involved. I was always. I always liked cars. I always had good sports cars, mm. fabulous sports cars. I was lucky, mm. and um, I fancied racing. I wanted to start racing, so I went to a racing school. And in the UK, you could go to a racing school, and you would start right from scratch, and they would take you through the course, and then you would start racing. Mm. And they they would have their own races, and I started that way. And then I bought my own car. Mm -hmm. I bought a Formula Ford 1600 and then I moved on. How old were you at that time? <coughs> I would think 30, 30 ish. Yeah, right. about 30. Yeah. So it, uh, you were working uh, yeah. something and then it was like more of a passion kind of thing? Uh, it, it was, yes. Um, I know one thing uh, before it, I, I did get some sponsorship, it took all my money mm -hmm. and the father's. Mm -hmm. But my father used to come with me. It was fabulous. We had a great time. Great, great time. No regrets. Right. You know, it was wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So uh, you, to kind of get fit to continue racing, yeah. You, yeah. you got into cycling. Yes. A lot of the guys started to get fit and started to get bikes mm. and road bikes. And we used to ride around the circuit. Right. Um, which was always good, you know, mm. especially because the new circuit, you would ride around this and, just f and find out where the turning in points would be, where the apex would be, and where you want to exit the corner, where your change in points would be. And we did that, and uh, there's a lot of camaraderie with the guys, you know, yeah. there'd be something like about 15 of us at the finish. Yeah. But it was good fun, you know. Yeah. It was never competitive, mm -hmm. but we did, we did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And that's how I got into it. So when I finished, I uh, I carried on cycling, which in England is not easy because of the weather. Right. So you, you said you struggled when you retired from yeah, I did. Ra yeah. motor racing. Very right? much so. Did you, Do you think that cycling kind of helped you cope with it in any way? Yeah, it, it did. But like I said, the weather was always an hindrance in England because the summers were... Even the summers were wet, right? You know, and but so what I did do, I started, um, I started going to the gym, and I did step aerobics mm -hmm. three nights a week, okay. and did a little bit of light weights, um, just to take my mind and occupy my mind, mm -hmm. because with being in business as well, I needed something to, I needed to get get the business out of my mind, 
and think and just go and enjoy it and, and do that. Right. Um, and it worked. It worked very well. And then in summertime, I started racing. Mm -hmm. I was racing in summertime, which was uh, really good. Yeah. Really now, good. instead of Formula 3 uh, racing, yeah, it was... Went on the two wheels, on, yeah. on two wheels with the bike. Yeah. And now when you think back about the bikes, compared to what they are these days... Right, yeah. So, what was your uh, first bike like? Coventry Eagle. Uh -huh. The first bike was, yeah. Uh, was it a it, steel frame or alloy? It was a steel frame. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, down down uh, yeah, down shifters shift shift on the shifters on the down shoe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was a triple. Wow. Yeah. 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 It was uh, the classic. It was. It was a fabulous. Oh, it was a good bike. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good bike. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously things started to change, and mm. they started to. There was no such thing as uh, Shimano. Right. It was all simplex. Mm -hmm. That was the and and also um, uh, Campanolio. That yeah. was the older one. Yeah. Um, and which was the other one? There was, a, there was there was one more as well. I can't just think. Which was just before Shimano. Mm -hmm. And that's how we started, yeah. Right. So how was the, uh, uh, the racing scene there around that time? How was... Uh, what you, were you primarily doing uh, TTs? Or was, was it what their uh, road racing and stuff? Yeah, TTs were very popular mm. because you could do them on a Tuesday night. Mm. They always used to do them on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning. And most, most of the time during the summertime, they would do it on a Tuesday night as well. And mm. um, you could, uh, yeah, you'd go to any bypass throughout the country and you'd see everybody there on a Sunday morning with a number pinned on. And you'd see them probably in min minute intervals and so forth. And uh, yeah, it was very, there were no such things as TT bikes. They were all road bikes. Right. You know. Uh, there, there were no TT bars as well. No, it was nothing like that. Just, no, uh, it was just a road yeah, bike. What we now call as Merck style. Yeah. T -t -t yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was great. It was good fun. And um, Were they more like 10 mile or uh, TT? They were 10 miles and 25 miles. Mm -hmm. 10, 20. And yeah, ten and twenty, which is a decent distance, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but as you well know, it was much easier to ride a a road bike than it was to ride a two C bike. Yeah. So, um, and then obviously they started to change, didn't they? They changed into TT bikes. Correct, correct. Um, Over a uh, period of time. So uh, now that that was uh, quite a few years ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Long time ago. It's a, it's a wonder I can remember it, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> now that you've <laughs> you refresh my memory i can start to think about it yeah yeah so how how did riding change your riding and riding in general change over the years from that time to like now i don't think it has um i don't think it has changed a lot hmm. I, I don't feel that it has yeah it must have changed you, you obviously. still enjoy it the oh same yeah way. yeah 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 i still think i ride something similar position wise and everything wise to what I used to do, yeah, mm -hmm. I think, yeah, but um, the bike yeah. have you know the down to shifters have become uh, electronic shifters, uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, you know, the steel bikes have become carbon bikes, more yeah. or less, much faster wheels, yeah, but you and your joy on the bike remains more or less the same. I oh think. yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. I mean, some of these guys who were who were you know pretty good on the the old fashioned bikes, 
with the downshifters could change with the knee. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Change it down with the knee. It was uh, interesting. Yeah, there's some really yeah talented some characters around. Yeah, that's a, and an amazing speeds as well. Yeah. You know, really amazing speeds. Absolutely. Yeah. Very strong guys. Very strong. So I've uh, I've known you for uh, about eight years now. Yep. Uh, so the first time uh, I saw you was in 2015. Yes, yeah, 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 2015. <laughs> and uh, when I saw the uh, you know <laughs> picture that uh, the rider profile uh, yeah. pictures uh, yeah. uh, there. Um, I remember seeing and thinking, uh, like a middle-aged, uh, like forty some, yeah. some you know, yeah. forty yeah. something, yeah. Uh, guy from UK. Yeah. So well, okay. So and I meet you, and we celebrated your birthday there. Yeah, we did, <laughs> which we won't mention. <laughs> I, I won't mention the uh, which birthday, but it was like you know, yeah. I know. Quite a surprise. Uh, yeah. You obviously fudged your oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. thinking I that it. you won't be allowed to ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you ooped ass off. Oh, I know. I know I made a good... <laughs> many, many yeah. you know, younger riders. Oh, yeah. 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 That was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So let us talk a little bit about your experience at TFN. There, mm. you know, how it was. It was wonderful. Huh? Yeah. I think we had a great time. The first time we ever went, it was, um, like you said, 2015. Yeah. Everything was different. Everything was new. We, we, I rode, uh, I think, the, the people that went down from Goa. Yeah. Um, Vinayak. Vinayak and Richard. And, Richard and, and we'd never been down, well, probably a couple of them out, but yeah. we'd more or less never ridden down yeah. there in, into uh, Tamil Nadu in Kerala and also yeah. Karnataka. Yeah. And um, and it was well organized. It was lovely, and I uh, I'll never forget it. And I will never forget the Kalahati. You know. Yeah. Um, it was. It was just. Yeah. Was it also the first time you kind of raced in India? Was it like segment wise? Yes, because there wasn't anything. There was yeah. nothing. Nothing. There was yeah. nothing. I mean, it's a. It's a relatively a new thing in Goa, where mm. we've just started now this last uh, maybe 14 months mm. since the pandemic, mm. where they started to think about racing. But uh, there was no racing. No. Mm. It started more or less from the tour of Goa. Mm. And yeah, so that tour of Goa idea. Also, I guess, <laughs> and that know, gave them the inkling to think, oh, come on, listen, why, you know. Yeah. We, we Why can, don't we, we ride? Can, we can know? do something like this uh, yeah. You know, yeah. in yeah. Goa. Yeah. And uh, that was the genesis of Tour of Goa. The certainly was. Back. Yeah, certainly was. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it also kind of uh, opened up, uh, you know, eyes of some uh, youngsters like uh, Vinayak, who yeah. Yeah. was like, uh, he, I think, finished top three or something there yes he yeah. did he did very well and it was the first time he, yeah, he did very well he, he was actually racing yeah and, yeah uh, he did it was a kind of revelation for him also and for, for, kind of for all of us the, uh, the how he developed over the years yeah yeah. And, yeah yeah you know how he kind of mentors a lot of people in Goa. but it's an amazing thing i mean i know you interviewed samir a few mm. weeks ago mm. um from shasta riders yeah. in margao and i remember yeah. I don't know if this was mentioned, but I remember when they used to ride 
They used to leave every morning and just do 30, 36, 35 kilometers. And there was no more than 15 of them in the group. Hmm. And now, since this pandemic, they must have 350 people. Yeah. 350. It's, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, I used to go out and people used to look at you and see you on a bike. Right. They'd never see the bike like that. And now I can I go out. I never see anybody. I would never see anybody. And now I can I can ride out in the morning at seven o'clock, and I can see maybe yeah ten ten people. Yeah, which has changed, which is good. Excellent. Yeah, the the, the sport is growing. Yeah, and they're trying. The good thing is that they're trying the best to encourage and get young talent, young riders. Yeah. And I try to do my little bit by passing on, you know, yeah, a little bit of such everything, such a wealth of knowledge yeah, you have. Yeah, I've raced every experience. Yeah. So um, mm. I try my best, yeah, with them. Yeah, it's, it, it uh, is. It is great to see, um, you know, uh, entities like Equipe Goa and Shasti yeah. Riders. Yes. Uh, you know, coming in, yep. organizing races, finding youngsters yep. uh, with, you know, and yep. encouraging them, supporting them uh, yep. with, uh, you know, resources. Oh, which is incredible. Because, you know, a lot of yeah. these kids come from really, you know, poor families. Right. In fact, some of the kids, they come from homes where the, the father's a daily wager. Right. You know, and yet they've got talent. Yeah. So they, they can see the talent and they try to expand on that and they help them as much as they possibly can. It's great. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. 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 It's nice to see what's happening in Goa. Yeah. And we are fortunate. Yeah. Because when I say Goa, I'm I'm saying the south. Mm. I, not the north. Because yeah. in the south we, much know, more, we more, you know, we have a lot quieter more, roads. Quieter roads, yeah. And better roads. Yeah. So um but yeah, all over Goa, it's taken off in Amazing. I think it's taken off all over India. Yeah, but you can see that uh, that you know boom more so in Goa in such a small place. Uh, you know the numbers are much much bigger. It's, it's, it's much bigger. it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So I'm sure more and more young talent will come up. Oh yeah, sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But coming back uh, coming back to uh, you were uh, you know uh, cycling. Uh, we have met. In DFN 2018, yep. uh, 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 first time. Uh, yeah. But you know, since then we have done yeah, many well, many rides together. Tour of Thailand. Uh, tour of Thai. Tour of friendship. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tour of Binta. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple more TFN. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, and yeah. Uh, it is always uh, incredible for me to watch you ride. There is no never anything negative coming out of you and uh, the way you ride uh, with the positive outlook yeah uh, you know you have on the uh, on and off the bike yeah uh, it's amazing you yeah. know the uh, the way you ride you remind me uh, of you know all these youngsters uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know strange isn't it i i don't i don't know what to say but yeah. um mm, thank you yeah, yeah, you're amazing and <laughs> such an inspiration, uh, yeah. Russell. Thank you. Uh, but um, let us uh, talk a little bit about uh, you know, uh, what are some of your favorite uh, places to ride? Um, I do like riding in France, mm-hmm. 
I like riding in France uh, for the simple reason that uh, it does need a little bit of getting used to. I remember going back to something like 2014, I was riding down the road and all of a sudden there was a car came up to the junction and I thought to myself, just hold on, slow down, slow down, this guy's going to come out. And then I thought to myself, hang on, you're in France, <laughs> you know. And when they pass you, they always give you one and a half meters. Right. Always. Yeah. And that's so nice, you know, and everywhere you go, everybody cycles mm. and the countryside is beautiful. It's yeah. fabulous. It's yeah. fabulous. But Italy is the same. But it is special. France is special, especially when you get in the Alps. Mm. Uh, I do like I do like France. Spain, mm -hmm. yeah, Spain is fabulous. Mallorca is wonderful. Italy, yeah, yeah. Italy as well. Mm. I think those three places. I mean, I've never been to the any of these eastern these countries like in Slovakia, Slovakia, mm -hmm. Slovenia. Estonia, I've heard it's beautiful, right? Beautiful, yeah. Um, but you know, you've got so much flexibility where even in the winter time, mm. okay, when you're down on the Costa del Sol, which is Marbella in Spain, it can be quite pretty wet, right? Uh, and then you just go over the border, you're, in, you're into Portugal on the Algarve, okay, it can be wet and dry, but. If you want to go to the islands, you can go to Gran Canaria, Tenerife, or Lanzarote, which is more or less on the African coast. Mm -hmm. And the weather's absolutely perfect, you know. So you've got, and the roads are good. Yeah. So yeah, you've got plenty of places to go to, you know, in, in, in Europe. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it is nice. Right. So now um, you've been riding all these years. Yeah. So... What are some of the tips you would give, uh, you know, as youngsters uh, to do well? I think sometimes um, a lot of people, you see, when, when I was brought up, I was brought up on feel. Hmm. I wasn't brought up with art monitors and power meters and yeah. garments. It was feel. And I think these days people are obsessed by power, power numbers and looking at the power meter all the time. Right. So I, I would say to them to just go out and, you know, enjoy themselves, keep their heads up, keep their eyes open. And if you want to start looking at power meters and art rate monitors, do it on the trainer mm -hmm. in your house. Mm -hmm. But on the road, you can't do it. Right. You can't do it. You can't start doing intervals on the road when you're coming up against three cows coming across the road or somebody's overtaking you on a scooter or you come into a junction. It's too dangerous. Right, right. You That's mean... the only thing I would think. And, and don't overtrain. That's mm. the big problem that a lot of them have. Mm. They don't realise. They, they, they've got to be on the bike all the time. You need to rest. The body's got to recover. Right. They don't overtrain. Don't overtrain. Go by the field, be, yeah. be attentive while you are on the road. Absolutely. Head up, eyes open. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. Simple. It is. It really is. You know, you can't, when you're riding, you can't start looking around and seeing what, you can't do that because all of a sudden a dog can come in front of you or people. Hmm. You know, where I live, you, you, you could guarantee it's the, uh, the buffaloes and the dogs. You can more or less 
guarantee you what they're going to do. The people and the pigs, they just walk across the road straight in front of you. <laughs> the people, they don't use their eyes, they use their ears. Yeah. If they don't hear anything coming, they walk. Right. Yeah. Um, and they walk, and then they get to the centre of the road and they look if anything's coming. <laughs> and they think it's only coming one way. They don't realise it's coming this way as well. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, things like that, yeah. It's, um, yeah. You need to be careful, uh, you know, safety first and predominantly. Very much so. It's, it's becoming more and more dangerous. One thing that I would say to everybody, mm -hmm. make sure, make sure that you've got a real light. Yeah, yeah. You know? doesn't matter what but make sure you've got a light on the bike so that people can see you 500 meters or even a, a thousand meters away a good quality bright light yeah you know it's, it's so important it yeah. is yeah excellent uh russell thank you so much for you know yeah being uh doing what you do and yep. uh, being an inspiration for all of us your passion and your positivity it is amazing it you know we all look up to you and we are mm -hmm. so proud to call you you know a teammate and a friend yep uh, amazing uh, to have you as yeah. uh, you know our inspiration thank you very much thank you very much for taking the time and sharing with you you know sharing your experience with the working alert podcast yep. and i'll tell you one thing guys listen this isn't a practice round don't forget that. This is for real. Yep, you are living it. Doesn't matter what happens afterwards, but this is for real. Excellent. Thank you. Best wishes. Yeah. Thank you. That was my conversation with Russell. I hope you enjoyed that. If you are enjoying these podcasts and are finding them useful, please consider supporting the channel by subscribing to the channel on YouTube as well as on your favorite podcasting app. It really helps. Thanks again for your continuous support. See you next week with another guest.